Good evening, everyone. Good evening. That dance. That dance. First generation of Emmaus hip-hop dancers. That was awesome. <laughs> um, let's thank Halima and the team again for faithfully preparing that dance and performing it in front of you guys. Um, they actually didn't have much time to prepare for it, but wasn't it awesome? Yeah? There was a spirit of excellence upon that. That was awesome. Um, anyways, good evening, everyone. Good evening, Emmaus. Uh, welcome to our final large group of t- spring 2014. Yes. All right. And you know what? I'm thinking about it. I'm really amazed by how quickly this semester went. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's very bittersweet. And I need, you know, I need my Yonsei Iwa students to pray for me that I won't start ugly crying in the middle of my sermon. <laughs> Thanks, Taylor. But I know what it looks like. It's not pretty. And so... <laughs> um, but I'm really excited to share the word of uh, the word of the Lord with you guys tonight, and I want everyone to turn to John 15:16, and I'll be reading it for you from the ESV. John 15:16, and just follow along with me as I read, okay? Uh, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Amen. Um, let me just open us up in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Everyone, please bow your heads with me. Uh, Father, I thank you, Lord, for this final large group, God. And I thank you for this group of powerful men and women, Lord, um, Yeah, who love you and who desire to live a life that bears fruit. And Lord, I pray that tonight as the word goes out, that you may just soften our hearts to fully receive the living word. Um, and I thank you, Lord, that your word is a double-edged sword and it, it breaks off all lies, but it also brings healing. And so, Father, we just thank you for tonight. Um, I pray awaken minds and awaken hearts to fully receive the word uh, tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Um, it's pretty cool because actually the song, when I was listening to Oceans, when they were dancing to it, um, it actually goes along with the theme of what I'm going to preach about tonight. Um, and it's about faith, right? But, you know, according to this passage, as Christians, we're called to bear fruit. Yes? Yeah? You're called to bear fruit, right? And when I see this group of, you know, men and women, I believe that you guys are going to bear much fruit. A lot of fruit. And I'm sure that many of you have dreams and desires for your life that you feel God has given you. If you start thinking about things that, like, in your mind, I don't know about, I don't know about you guys, but for me, um, I met Christ at a really young age. And so ever since I was young, I knew that God had a calling in my life. I knew that he had a destiny for me. And so uh, out of my, mm, just, uh, not immaturity, but out of just my personality, I tend to plan a lot of things. So for me, I'm like, okay, God gave, God gave me this destiny. God gave me this calling. He gave me this dream. So I'm going to plan everything. And so ever since elementary school, I planned my entire life. I planned it all until the end of senior year in high school. So even going to college, I, I knew what I was going to be doing. I was going to be um, in the medical field, be a pharmacist, because it gives you a very, you know, steady life. And I prefer steady. <laughs> and so that's like my number one strength is consistency. So I love steady stuff. And 
um, yeah, I planned it all and I'm here right now with you. So obviously I'm not doing anything that I planned, huh? Right? Um, so you guys all have dreams and desires that God has given you and you desire to be fruitful, right? But I don't know about you guys, but for me, I was frustrated when I was trying to find my destiny and I was planning things on my own. I was frustrated. Are you guys, can, can you guys sort of relate with me? Yeah. There's this frustration because you're like, God, you gave me this calling. But how come nothing's happening? <laughs> how come nothing's happening? What? Why isn't anything happening? And it says in John 15, 16, specifically it says, So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. He may give it to you, whatever you ask, right? And so you read this, you're like, whatever I ask, so I'm going to ask everything. And then believe that God's going to give it to me. God gave you these desires, and you asked, but there was no answer. So frustrating. Okay, so frustrating. I, I, I could relate. So frustrating. All right? And so for some of you here in this room, the Christian life is new, so you're pretty content with what's happening, but you also wonder, is this it? Is this it? And then others of you who have been living this Christian life and living for the Lord for years upon years upon years, right? But you still feel like you have yet to tap into your destiny. You feel like you have been in the hidden place forever. Forever. That word, forever. Aren't you called to bear fruit? Isn't that what it says in John fifteen sixteen? However, I want to focus on actually one word. Well, I mean, a couple words, never mind. But in the NIV version, it says, so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Long-lasting fruit. Long-lasting fruit. Not just any fruit, but long-lasting fruit. However, we live in a generation that wants immediate stuff, Right? Yeah, you want immediate success. You want immediate fruit. Right? So you you minister to a friend and you see immediate fruit and you're like, yay! But then your friend, what are they doing now? You You may be praying so hard for your test and you actually get an A, but your final grade, what is your final grade? So we're so, um, our culture makes us want immediate fruit. So our brain is wired to want immediate fruit. Even like simple things. Simple things like, even in Facebook, you post up a picture, you want immediate fruit. Your immediate fruit is likes, 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 likes. It's like, I have 50 likes, I am successful. (laughs) Right, Instagram, I have so many friends, I am successful. You know? We want immediate fruit, right? Everything around us is saying, everything has to be fast. Everything needs to be fast. Your smartphones, it gets faster and faster and faster. We get impatient. You know, we get so impatient. Do you remember? I remember when I was in high school, high school, I got my first phone and it was that big blocky one. It was like this thick and it flipped and you could only save so many numbers (laughs) and you could only (laughs) 
search so many things. But now the smartphone's here and everybody is just like, oh my gosh, it's taking a minute when it should take 10 seconds. Like you just get so impatient. We want immediate fruit in our lives. Is that not true? However, the kingdom, you're called to bear much fruit. But not just any fruit. You're called to bear long-lasting fruit. Long-lasting fruit. The definition of long in this context, it takes a great amount of time. (laughs) Okay? And the definition of lasting in this context is enduring or able to endure over a long period of time. Long-lasting fruit. This makes us uncomfortable. Let's be real. It makes you very uncomfortable. Long-lasting fruit means it takes time. For me, I I love fashion. Right? And so I'm just going to give my example of fashion. Um... When you go to Ide, you see the trend that's happening, right? So there's a certain trend. Everybody follows that trend. So when it comes to, like, even shoes, um, you see the trend. Everybody follows that trend. And the shoes, it's actually, like, you wear it for a season, and it's gone. It disappears, right? It doesn't really last long. You get a bag that's, like, really, really, really cute. But after, after like, a season, it's you see the sewing, you know, you see the threads just coming out. And when, with, when you go to Ida too, you get a shirt that's like really fashionable, but it, after you wash it once, it turns to the, like, the thread, threading, it's here, and then it's here. After you wash it, right? We desire long last. Uh, the thing is, when it comes to like fashion too, right? The reason why people, some people are materialistic, so they like name brand things, but the reason why name brand things are so good is because it took time for them to actually make a really awesome product. So when it comes to like Prada or um, Louis Vuitton or, you know, like really nice quality stuff, there's a reason why it's nice quality. And even my mom, she has stuff from like years, 20, 30 years ago. And it's really nice. And not just that, it's still in season right now. Right? Um, another thing, cars. Cars, even cars, I don't really know much about cars, but even for cars, like, there's, there's a reason why some cars are expensive. They, I, one of my friends, they were telling me, like, oh, certain Mercedes brand, they only have, like, five, right? That means they put a lot of time into making one Mercedes car. That means there's a reason why it's that expensive. It's good quality, right? But it took a long time to probably make one. But nowadays, technology is so fast. Like, I see on commercials, they just like put the cars together. And then it's like, okay, you could take it now. So it's very fast. But even just, even Coopers, I'm like, oh, you could carry it. Whoa, that's great. But I wonder how great of a quality is it is. You know, because even like, um, because they, we desire such a, we're such a fast-paced society, even the nice things, they've actually cheapened a lot of stuff so they can make, make it faster for you. Right? We are a culture that desires the quick, but in the kingdom, it takes time. It takes time. This also goes for believers. Right? 
I don't know about you guys, but I mean, for me, I was a believer my whole life. But my whole life, I would say a good 20 years of that life, I had no influence. Why? I wasn't confident in my faith. Right? Not right. I'm saying that to myself. I wasn't confident in my faith, right? (laughs) I wasn't. For a good 20 years of my life, I had no influence. And when you think about that, when you even think about something as simple as a bag, right? A bag that has a lot of influence is the bag that's really, really pricey and it's long lasting, right? But then even for believers, why, why would you, like, why would you assume that someone that doesn't know the Lord would want to know the Lord when you're not even confident in your faith? When you're not even confident, when you easily get swayed left and right, left and right, when you easily are influenced by people, when you're easily, where people are just like, hey, you should just go here. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, do, they're just like, do you, I thought you're Christian though. It's okay, it's okay. Like, when I think about believers, when I look at this generation, my heart is that this generation would believe in God so zealously that Others, that non-believers would doubt their non-belief in God. Right? Our belief in God should be so, we should be so confident in our faith that it would, sooner or later, non-believers would be like, what is this? What is this? Why are they still so confident for years upon years upon years upon years upon years? Then there has to be something about this God that's real. God cares about the long-lasting fruit. He wants you to bear bear long-lasting fruit. So he cares more about the process, not the fruit. Your maturity is not based upon the fruit. It's not based upon how much fruit you bear, but it's upon the process. It's how you look at the process, right? So he cares about developing you more than he does about developing the fruit. So Maeus, this includes you staff. This includes all staff, stutters, everyone. I feel like what God's doing in this season is he's developing and not just developing, but strengthening your root system so that you may be firmly rooted in Christ and capable of fulfilling your destiny. Amen? So the title of my message tonight is Strong Root System. Strong Root System. So here, some of you guys, he just started developing a root system. And for others, he's strengthening your root system. But nonetheless, you're all experiencing the process. You're experiencing the process. Okay? So we, before we go into what a root system looks like in our Christian life, let me first explain what it is in the natural, okay, with plants. So I study plants. It's going to feel like horticulture class, okay? <laughs> it's, I mean, we're going to study trees. We're going to talk about trees. We're going to talk about plants and roots, all right? <laughs> Yay, right? We're going to talk about plants and roots. So here, here I go, all right? The, so first things first, um, I'm going to teach you a little bit about why root systems are so important. So with plants, we generally think about, we observe what's above grounds, right? So you see the tree. When you're walking in the, when you're walking around campus, right, KU, Yonsei, we don't have much trees right now because we're going through construction. But SNU, there's a lot of nature. When you walk around, all you see is what? The grass. You see the trees. You see the beautiful flowers. Am I not, right? That's, that's what it is, right? 
But we fail to see what's going on underneath. We fail to see what's going on underneath the soil. And it's crazy because the most important thing about a plant, it is, it, it is its roots. The roots that help the plant grow. Okay? And so, what is important about a strong root system? So we know there's like, even weeds have roots, but you could easily pull out weeds. Okay? And there's certain plants that, you know, the stutters got us a little gift, right, of the, the plant, right? And my cactus had no root. So when I brought it home, it easily toppled over. And I'm like, oh. So I used a stick and I put it together to make it look straight. Okay? But it had no root. Right? Plants that have no root, they easily, easily, easily shrivel up and they die. Right? But the importance of a strong root system is this. The plant's root system constitutes the major part of the plant body. So the good majority of that plant is actually the root, okay? And it's both in terms of function. The root plays the most important vital role, but also the bulk. So if you take out a plant, the root is huge. It's long, Right? And so when you guys think about foundation too, a lot of us, we think about like, oh, the building and a foundation. And I don't, I don't know if this is everyone, but for some people, you may be just thinking it's a slab of stone. It's like a thin slab of stone. Or you don't really think that it's really deep. Right? But roots, they're deep. Not just deep, they're strong. Okay? And so the root takes the good bulk of the planet's the root. Not just that, um, the root anchors the plant in the soil. It anchors the plant. So the plant is able to stand upright because of the root. Okay? And it takes up water and mineral from the soil and from beneath the earth. The root does that. Okay? So the root nourishes and waters the plant. And this is something new, but it also gives the plant immunity from different diseases that can infect the soil. So the root actually helps to not let the plant die and get infected. So the growth and branches of a plant will only be as healthy as its roots are strong and deep. So a plant with a strong root system lives longer. So for us... Our generation, we need to turn, we need to change the way that we see even our life. Because a lot of times it's for short-term goals, right? But we need to think long-term, longevity, and then the process, enjoy it, right? So building a strong root system, it takes time. It takes time. So when you think of plants with shallow roots, like I said, it, you could stomp on it and it shrivels up and dies. But when you see a plant that's well nourished, oh, nourished, <laughs> nourished, watered, and taken care of, develops a strong root system, and as a result, a healthy plant that is evident on the inside, outside. Mm. So in the Bible, 
um, the Bible uses trees a lot to um, symbolize our life. It uses trees a lot. And one tree is the oak tree. So I'm going to describe the oak tree to you, okay? Um, the oak tree in the Bible is significant because it says in Isaiah 61, 3, that we may be called oaks of righteousness and we can learn. And because through oak trees, we could just learn a lot about our Christian life. So um, with oak trees, what's really cool about it is you, you guys know what oak trees are, right? Yeah, you could envision an oak tree. Can you see it right now in your mind? Yeah, so an oak tree, it's really, really, really big. It's really big. It's really big. But the interesting is, thing is that with oak trees, when they're planted, it actually takes time for them to grow. So even until the fifth year, you could actually grow it in a little pot at home. This is an oak tree. Interesting, huh? You could, it's small enough to be nurtured in a pot in your home. This is until the fifth year. Little pot, oak tree. Do you guys see that? Little pot, oak tree. Isn't it, it's mind boggling because you would think that a tree would grow steadily, right? But the cool thing is even, um, when the oak trees, it takes a long time for the oak tree to grow, but it, Throughout the years, it, it's actually growing roots underneath. So it's developing a massive root system. Okay? And so when an oak tree matures, it grows up to 100 feet tall. Its trunk circumference can be wide as 32 feet. Uh, that's like six of me this way. Okay? <laughs> and 100, it's a long, it's really big, right? And then, and then the spread of the canopy could range between 85 and 135 feet in diameter. This is mind-boggling because you could grow this oak tree in a little, in a little pot for five years, and then all of a sudden it grows to this massive, massive tree. Throughout the entire process, the root was being made. Crazy, huh? Is this just me? I was just like, whoa, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, it takes time. From the oak tree, we could see that it takes time. But the oak tree now is some, it's, it's not just big, but it's like breathtaking. It's enormous. It's beautiful. And it brings shade for people, right? It gives monk, I don't know if monkeys hang on oak trees, but I'm going to make it up. It gives homes to animals like monkeys, right? Oak trees. Who would have known the oak tree, they don't, monkeys don't live in that, huh? Maybe a nice eagle, squirrels, okay? Okay? But monkeys just sound cooler. So let's just assume monkeys. But the oak tree, it, it takes a long time for it to develop. But once it develops and matures, it's not just some tree, but it brings, it actually bears a lot of fruit. Okay? So I want you guys to picture this though, like if an oak tree grew too quickly and it got that massive, but the roots weren't deep, what would happen? It would topple over. Not just that if people were there or if animals were there, that big thing, it would kill a lot of people, right? But the roots need to be deep. It needs to be deep. So God works in our lives like an oak tree, like an oak tree. 
He desires to develop and strengthen your root system, which is hidden from the world to see. It's hidden from the world to see. So I'm going to describe to you characteristics of a Christian with a strong root system. Characteristics of a Christian with a strong root system. I am parched. Wait a second. Sorry. Like we said, a, a plant with a, a strong root system, it anchors, it anchors the plant. So the plant's able to stand upright. And like an oak tree, because the roots are so massive, the oak tree's able to what? Stand upright. Right? And grow tall, up to 100 feet. So in our Christian life, when you have a strong root system, you're firmly anchored. You are firmly anchored. So if you are solidly, solidly rooted in Christ, you will be able to withstand the storms in life that you face. So as a Christian, you'll be unshakable. You'll be immovable. Right? Think about that oak tree. Can you move it? No. Because the root system is so deep. So deep. As a Christian, you'll be strongly anchored if you have a strong root system, which is in Christ. Not just that, but a strong root system is nourished in water. That means you're continually filled and refreshed by the Holy Spirit and nourished by the Word of God. Right? The Word of God is our food, right? So you won't get spiritually drained. And so when you think about Christianity, when you think about even maybe your friends, I think about my friends and I'm like, some of them fell away. Some of them just live a very mediocre, average, you know, happy, nice Christian life, right? But then they get easily, easily exhausted, easily moved, right? Easily, like, they get, even it could lead to apathy. But a Christian that has a strong root system, they'll be nourished by the Holy Spirit and not by what's going around around them. Not just that, I explained how the root system, it gives you immunity to different diseases, right? And so in the Christian walk, when you're firmly rooted in Christ, you're immune to even backsliding. You're immune to becoming dry and apathetic. You're immune to falling, easily falling into temptation from the world since you're grounded in the truth. You're grounded in the truth. Right? And so you won't, you, you won't easily fall back because you know the truth and that's in Christ. So when it comes to Emmaus, when it comes to especially those that are going back home, when your root system's strong and deep, you won't be moved. You're not gonna go back to your old. The breakthrough, the freedom that God has given you here, it's, it's going to bear fruit when you go home. Yonsei knows this, but I love um, Joseph, okay? And so I'm going to give Joseph as an example. So in the Bible, throughout the Bible, you see that God um, does this process with the men and women, the godly men and women, okay? In order for them to reach their destiny. So, for example, even Moses, he before he reached his destiny, before he saved the people of Israel, like before he, you know, took them out of Egypt, he actually went back to the wilderness, and God cult- cultivated his character. 
And there was a process that he went through. King David, same thing. King David, he knew uh, Prophet Samuel told him, basically, you're going to be king, right? But King David, he didn't become king right away. He went through a process. And he had to go back into the field as a shepherd, right? So he had to go back into the field of prayer and in the word. But not just that, he had to go into that cave where there was a lot of people, And he had to learn how to build his character, humility, all this good stuff. God took King David into that process. Joseph, the same thing. Joseph, he knew at a very young age, God gave him the dream, right? God gave him a dream, correct? Yes? God gave him a dream, but then um, his brothers put him into slavery. So he went into that pit. He was thrown into the pit. He was all alone. And it was just him and God. Then he was placed into Potiphar's home. Right? And then he was thrown into prison because of Potiphar's wife. Then he finally was placed in the, in the palace. So Joseph went through a process. He went through a process for him to bear long-lasting fruit. It wasn't instant. It actually took him around 13 years to finally reach his destination. 13 years. <laughs> don't be scared though. Who knows where you are? I don't know about 13 years, but he had a dream and the vision God obviously placed upon him. But then God took him to a process to build his character. And not just that, he was able to understand where the Israelites were coming from. He was able to understand his people. He was able to understand, he was able to love well. Right? He wasn't shaken by, even when Potiphar's wife accused him, he wasn't shaken by that. I'm sure a little bit, but he wasn't in the end because he went into prison. Right? He ran away naked because he was like, I don't even want to be a part of this. God was refining Joseph so that he would become a man that's unshakable and that he would become a man that was able to lead hundreds and thousands of people. Joseph had to go through this process. And through Joseph, it wasn't Joseph just being glorified. It was through Joseph that God was glorified. And Joseph was just a part of the story. Okay? So for us, God spent time. It may take years upon years developing a root system in our life that we need to support our destiny, our God-given destiny. And our God-given destiny is the role God has ordained for us to fulfill in this life. But for many of us, we think that our destiny is in the form of short-term goals, like starting a family, like getting your dream job, that's my destiny, right? Like getting favor with your friends, Getting, going into the best grad school, I've reached my destiny. Getting the business that you wanted, I've reached my destiny. But these different goals are, um, it's crazy because when those small little goals aren't being fulfilled, you're easily filled with anxiety. You're easily filled with fear. You're ultimately, you just begin questioning God's goodness and God, and ask God, God, do you love me? God, do you love me? However, these little goals, these little things are just means to fulfill our destinies. They're short-term goals that are to fulfill your destiny. So yet those, yet their desires that God's given you and he's placed into your heart, it's time for us to see the bigger picture. And you're called to live a life that's so much bigger than just your own destiny. So many of you are still consumed with the short-term goals in life instead of seeing the bigger picture. 
which distracts us from developing a strong root system. When we focus on the short-term goals in life and get discouraged, how does how would that differentiate us from non-believers? The world is around us continues to live a life to fulfill their short-term goals. To fulfill their short-term girl, girls. <laughs> to fulfill their short-term goals and they believe it to be success. For us though, it's a completely different story. Our success is not based upon our short-term goal, fulfilling our short-term goals. But God wants us to, in, God wants to invite you into the much bigger vision. Okay? So in the bigger picture, when God's look at the bigger picture, what we believe to be so important, so important, and stuff that you think that God placed in your life, it may not actually fit in the big picture. So we need to discern. Discern that. So like Joseph, God takes us into a process. It may not look anything like what we expected or even desired. So this leads to this. This leads to, can you trust him? Can you trust that he's making your root system deep? Right? Your root system is you abiding in Christ. You abiding in Christ. Can you trust the all-knowing, all-powerful God? And can you believe that he's actually doing something mighty through your life? Even if it's not evident in the natural. In Colossians 2, 6 through 7, uh, it says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. You are to walk in him. You are to be built up and rooted in him. This passage doesn't say that you as, um, that as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in your destiny that he gave you, rooted and built up in the destiny that he gave you, having faith in God's destiny and vision for your life. It's not that. You're not rooted in your destiny. You're not rooted. Your faith is not in the destiny God's placed in your life. Can you guys see that? God's still in that part. God's still in it, but God's not the main. He's not the main character in your life. If your life is rooted upon the destiny that he's placed in you. He wants you to abide in him. He wants you to be rooted in him. And think about it. Jesus, do you need to prove Jesus to anyone? But many of us think that we need to prove Jesus to the world. Many of us think that we need to prove Jesus and say, Jesus loves you. And he needs to, like, he doesn't, uh, uh, <laughs> like, Jesus doesn't need to be proven. He's not that insecure. And you don't need to try so hard to let people know that Jesus is alive. You need to first believe it. So you need to first be built up and rooted in him then naturally people will believe in Jesus because you're abiding in Jesus. You're abiding in him. Then he's going to he's gonna reveal himself to those around you and you will bear fruit. Yeah, when I see you guys, I envision people that are strong and bold. Like an oak tree, like an oak tree, unshakable, immovable. 
even if there's a hurricane, I'm sure an oak tree cannot be moved. A tornado, I'm sure an oak tree, maybe the branches and the leaves might fly away, but the, the essence of the oak tree will still be there. You are like an oak tree. This generation, though it's saying that everything needs to be fast, everything needs to bear fruit quickly, this generation, you guys, are a generation that knows what it means to be firmly rooted in Christ. Like Joseph. Like Joseph. God in the end, Joseph lived, you know, Joseph God fulfilled, what does that mean? I'm trying to word it right now. Joseph lived his destiny. Okay, Joseph lived his destiny. It took 13 years, but God used Joseph powerfully, and through that, God was glorified. Okay, Joseph didn't have to tell the whole world that God gave him a dream. He actually did to his brothers, and his brothers what? Threw him into a pit. They didn't like him. Okay, you don't need to go to the whole world and say, God gave me a destiny, you know, God made me amazing. I, I am, I have a dream, right? God didn't, God didn't say you have to just do that. Even if you think about an oak tree, an oak tree took it five years in that little pot. The oak tree is not screaming and letting the whole world know that they're going to be huge one day, right? Is the oak tree screaming and saying, I'm going to be huge one day. Watch out. No, no. I know that sounds really silly, but a lot of us still like, during that process, you want to prove that God's going to use you powerfully. During that process, you're like, but God gave me a dream. God gave me a destiny. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Right? But God is saying, trust me. You don't need to prove, you don't need to prove me. I'm not Jesus, but you don't need to prove Jesus, but you also don't need to prove yourself. Enjoy the process. He's taking you deeper with him so that you could, he can make a massive root system in your life. So three practical steps to developing a strong root system. Three practical steps. First, nourish your roots. How do you nourish your roots? It's simple. I'm sure you guys heard this all the time. Read the Bible. Read the word of God. And we hear this so many times and it's almost become like, for me, I grew up in a Presbyterian church, so they always just say, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, do this, read the Bible, pray, be nice to people, pray, read the Bible, live a nice life, all, all these things, right? So you, it's, it's almost, when you hear this, it's like dead to you. But the word of God is living and active today. And the word of God is a double-edged sword, right? But not just that. The word of God is your food. A Christian cannot live. No, not just a Christian. A human being cannot live with food, without food. Just like that, a, a Christian, the word of God nourishes you. It's not a maize that nourishes you. It's not. It's the word of God that nourishes you. That means you meditate on the word of the Lord day in and day out. That will make your roots strong. That will make you unshakable. And when you eat food, what? You become stronger. You become stronger. Not just that, but you need to water your roots. That means continuously being filled by the Holy Spirit. 
It's not just at an altar call where you're receiving the, you're, you're receiving the Holy Spirit. It's not just on Emmaus large group or New Philly service or Jubilee service or wherever you may attend where you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is everywhere. You just need to be fully present with Him. And He wants to refresh you. So when you're going home to the States, Australia, Southeast Asia, or Africa, or wherever in the world, Holy Spirit's there. Is this new information to us? No, but we almost act like it is. <laughs> Holy Spirit is there, and he's there to refresh you everywhere. Right? So we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but also in prayer. In prayer. In prayer. And when you're praying too, Holy Spirit is there. If you want to make it practical, I'm sure you guys studied this in Familia, but envision Holy Spirit coming into your room. I've done it many times. Pastor Aaron preached about it, of how she did that whole, um, he sees me, he hears me, he, he's glad to be with me. She invited Holy Spirit into that room. And Holy Spirit was the one speaking to her. Right? I've done it many times too, and I... The Holy Spirit was there. He spoke to me and he also refreshed me. Water your roots. Continue to seek his presence. Everywhere that you go, it's not just here. Okay? And third, be intertwined in a community. Be intertwined in a community. You need community. The community, the people around you is the one that's actually going to build your character. They're going to be the ones that sharpen you. They're going to be the ones that believe for you. They're going to be the ones that they're going to give their best to you. Right? So you need to be in community in order to grow. In order for your roots to grow deep, you need to be in community. And so it's the way the enemy works is though he wants you to isolate yourself. He wants you to believe it's just God and you and you're going to grow through that in that place of, in the secret place. But even when you hear about David in the, uh, uh, King David, he was in the field of prayer, right? As a shepherd boy, but he was also in the cave when he was running away from King Saul. And in that cave, he was with people. He was with people and they weren't the greatest of people. <laughs> God can use the weirdest people to sharpen you and to build you up and to make your roots deep. He could use the most interesting, most offensive person to build you up. And God's asking you, will you be offended or will you take it in and be humble? Humble yourself, like what Pastor David preached last Tuesday, right? Humble yourself. It's God can use anything and everything to build you up as well. And it's in the place of community. If you're not in community, you will not grow. You won't grow. You will with the Lord, but God made man for a reason. And he, he called man to bear fruit for a reason. And you need people in your life for a reason. I was hearing this from um, a message from Banning. Uh, when I was at IHOP at one thing. And um, he's talking about how people... You're always talking to God and saying, God, I gave it, I gave it my all. I gave it my best. I gave it my best. And then, and then they gave up because they gave it their best, but then nothing really happened. So they gave up, but it's because when he asked, um, he, 
It was one of his church members. But what happened was when he asked them, he's like, did you share with anybody? They're like, no, no, I didn't. And they were going through a financial crisis. And they're like, but I gave it my best. And he's like, it cannot end there. It cannot end there. You can't just give it your all. But you have to believe that other people will give it their all to bring breakthrough into your life. So you should want the best from everyone and also give other people your best. That will help you grow and make root. Isolation is of the devil. It's of the devil. So for exchange students, if you don't have a community, find one at home. And if you had a community, but you were never intertwined into your community, start sowing into, li- into lives. Start sharing your testimony. Start, start blessing people. Expecting, like, you know, when I go home, when I go to Chicago, I go in knowing that they will be blessed by me. And I know that I will be blessed by them. Okay, so when you go back home, don't go in there with just what does this church have for me? What does this community have for me? But you go in there knowing that you're also a blessing to them. And then you'll be mutually edified. For those that are four-year students, especially those that, um, uh, with the Mayus, we don't really have anything in the summer as often, right? You need to believe that the community still exists. All of a sudden, the staff didn't disappear, right? Your friends didn't disappear. Four-year students, you have to make an effort to build community throughout the Sabbath season. A strong root system. God is making strong root system in your life so that you will bear long-lasting fruit, not just bear much fruit. Like an oak tree. You're not going to only have deep, strong roots, but you'll be huge in the spirit. And people will find comfort in you. Right? They will see Jesus in your life. When you're firmly rooted in Christ, you're also able to minister effectively. And not just that, bear long-lasting fruit. Trust him. Trust that he cares for you. Trust that he's taking you in this process and he desires the best for you. It says in Psalm 1, 3, um, those who delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on the, uh, meditated, meditate on it day and night is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. You guys are meant to prosper. You guys are meant to prosper and to be fruitful, but it all starts when you trust in God, not what he can do for you. Trust when It starts when you trust in God and the process that he's taking you on. So those that are going home, your root systems are deep. You will not fall. You will not fall. What I believe for you is that you, everything you received here will bear long-lasting fruit and that it won't just be here where it's not, Emmaus is not just going to be a memory of or a season of that's when I really love the Lord. If that's what it is, we did not do our job as a ministry. If this was just a season where you're on fire for the Lord and you go back home the same as when you came to Korea, 
we as a ministry, as a ministry did not do what we were called to do. Our desire when we see you is that we also have long vision for you is that you live a life 20, 30, 60 years from, from now and say, I'm even more on fire for the Lord. I'm even more in love with the Lord. I'm even more filled with joy. Right? Because your roots are deep. You're not being nourished by people or some ministry, but you're being nourished and strengthened by the Lord. What separates mature believers to immature is their ability to thrive in the process. God is calling you to trust him in the process and believe for the best. Your hope, it's in him. It's in him. And this process, however long it may be, it is sweet. It is sweet. And he is more interested in building you and developing you. Amen? All right, so I want everyone to close your eyes.